And now, proper propaganda. If you're just tuning in to Civic Cipher, I'm your host, Ramses Ja. Yes, he is, and I am Q Ward. You are listening to Civic Cipher. That is the truth. Um, be sure to stick around because we got a lot more to talk about. Um, today, we are referring to the realities of black women and asking ourselves some questions, um, particularly about the mistreatment of black women. Um, I do want to take a moment to discuss uh, voting in the midterm election, so stick around for that. Um, also, we're going to take some time and discuss our Way Black History fact uh, about house music and the very black origins of house music. So for those of you who are fans of Calvin Harris and Davici and Swedish House Mafia and all that sort of stuff, it looks like um, maybe Beyonce and Drake are encroaching on their territory, but I can assure you with 100% certainty that is not the case. And I have known that for forever. Um, but hopefully, if you don't know that, you will know it after today. Now, first and foremost, we're going to discuss how to become a better ally, Baba. Um, today's Baba is sponsored by Hip Hop Weekly Magazine. This comes via Anti-Racism Daily. Um, promote pay transparency. Today we're talking about black women. Um, black women make the least amount of money of any class of human being in this country. Um, and we're gonna tell you how to help offset that. Um, uh, one such uh, way that you can go about accomplishing that is by promoting pay transparency. Uh, pay transparency refers to companies being open about the compensation provided for current and prospective employees as a step toward pay equity. For starters, it's increased uh, uh, the awareness of bi bias and pay inequities. Um, when employee pay is no longer a secret, every little difference in salary needs to be accounted for. Um, and what you can do in particular is take action. Uh, many people falsely believe that discussing how much you make with your co-workers co is prohibited, um, but it is not. This allows pay differentials between privileged and marginalized people doing the same work to continue unchecked. Pay transparency and equity are crucial because in our society, our ability to survive and thrive depends on how we are compensated for our jobs. So, in other words, if you work at a job and you make money at this job and there are marginalized individuals um today we're talking about black women specifically and you've never had a conversation about how much you make um a way you can become a better ally is say hey you and i do the same job here's how much money i make just wanted you to know that if you need anything else holla at me and that's how you can become a better ally moving on um again we're talking about harms perpetuated against black women um, and I do want to get back to that, but I'm going to take a slight detour here. We are going to take a slight detour here. <laughs> and I want to talk about voting for a second. Um, if you know the history of this country, which I hope you do, um, and the history of black people in this country specifically, or even the history of the show where we talk about these things from time to time, you'll know that voting uh, if you're a black person is challenging depending on where you are and a black woman's vote is less valuable 
overall because of invisible forces, uh, gerrymandering, um, the way the Senate seats are allotted and other <laughs> strange relics from a bygone era. It allows, uh, you know, a middle-class white male in South Dakota's vote to count for 1.73 times the amount of a vote of a white woman in the South in a poor uh, part of, you know, her state. Um, but voting is still the best tool that we have for engaging in the system and changing the system. It, you know, we can protest and we can, you know, bring attention to matters. We can talk on this show uh, all we want. But the fact is, is that um, voting remains our most powerful tool. So let's talk about that for a second. Now, as you know, voting in the presidential election is uh, incredibly important. That is the commander in chief and the position um, that uh, dictates the cultural norms for a country, our country, for four years, um, and provides guidance, moral and otherwise, for this country um, for that same period of time. So I think everyone kind of understands the gravity of that. But many, many less people uh, vote in midterm elections. And that's unfortunate because that is largely a liberal phenomenon. In other words, if you have more liberal views, more liberal ideas, you are part of this country. In fact, there are way more people with liberal views in this country than there are folks with conservative views. In other words, there are more would-be Democrats than there are conservatives slash would-be conservatives. It's just a fact. Um, the thing is, those conservatives, they vote. They vote often. They make sure that their votes are counted, and then they run for office to make sure that their votes are counted in such a way that it disenfranchises the votes of folks with liberal views, particularly poor folks, particularly black and brown folks. They also tend to have a better marketing department. Mm. So the people that vote that way seem to all vote the same and want the same things. And even if they don't actually, they pretend to right. very loudly um which causes them to turn up to turn out to participate and to get these outcomes that they desire from the top down you know, some of the people at, from the bottom who are kind of under the thumb vote uh vote protest march uh and speak out against their own best interest in support of this machine that they're a part of because they're that they feel that included that important um and that valuable to said system it's crazy. Uh, meanwhile, the liberal uh, side of it sadly seems to cannibalize and eat its own, uh, criticize its own uh, much more frequently. Um, and you end up with a bunch of different voices who, even if they do all want the same thing, don't realize it. And they end up uh, pushing each other down or pushing each other out and not finding a way to unite their voices and have the same direction, the same goal or the same uh, propulsion, if you will. I'm glad you said that because that's where I'm going with this. I'm going to share some crazy stuff with you. Now, I do want to add something to 
what you said there. You mentioned the more conservative marketing, uh, the way that they market their messages. Um, and I want to make sure that I state that it's often not as much marketing as it is fear-mongering. Um, they are very good at scaring their base into thinking that Mexicans are coming over uh, the border to ruin your life, you know, and whatever. Black people are all on welfare and that's why taxes are high. And they don't even acknowledge the fact that really corporations and this whole capitalistic model is to blame for 90% of the things that <laughs> result in, you know, what we what we would consider to be fiscal um, uh, economic inequity, right? Which is, you know, sort of the thing most folks care about. But um, you mentioned that, uh, you know, on the liberal side of things, folks tend to kind of go back and forth. So the reason why these midterms are very important is because, as you know, um, January 6th, 2021, um, the United States Capitol building was breached by Trump supporters. These are, these are facts. I'm not going to debate them anymore. Um, and when that happened, uh, it was the result of Trump telling his base that the election was stolen from him. Again, baseless claim. He took it to court all over the country. I forget the number of court battles that he had, but uh, it, was, it was some crazy number and lost every one of them, right? There was no substantial evidence of voter fraud uh, enough to change any outcome of any election. There's been fraud, you know, minimal fraud in every election since the beginning of elections um, in this country. Um, but uh, this election, this most recent presidential election cycle was the most safest or the safest election on, on record. And that's not to say that all of our elections are fair. Just fraud based on the rules that we that we play by didn't occur. Sure. Not that the rules that we play by are, are fair. But are fair. As a, but we still turned out. Sorry. 63 lawsuits that Donald Trump lost. Ridiculous. Um, around the country. And uh, for those that are familiar with the uh, January 6th uh, hearings uh, and the, the committee, they realized that, um, or you rather, you realized that um, Donald Trump actually called people to try to get them to manufacture some extra numbers so that he could carry the state of Georgia or whatever. And he was told repeatedly, hey, it's just not there, man. The numbers are the numbers. You know what I mean? They came up with the cyber ninjas and they came to, you know, we live in Arizona. So they came to Phoenix to the fairgrounds and you know, they blocked out the fairgrounds and the cyber ninjas were there to recount the election results. And guess what the cyber ninjas found out? We, they weren't, he picked the cyber ninjas, that side, the Republican side picked the cyber ninjas and they found it the same thing. Yeah. He kind of won Arizona, man. Like it was, it was not close. So even the cyber ninjas picked by them after the fact that he lost the lawsuits still confirmed the same thing. And yet this man still is maintaining that the election was stolen from him. And that literally everybody is working against him. And, and he has a base that th that makes that's logical to them. 
literally everybody is working against Donald Trump rather than literally everybody voted against Donald Trump in a free and fair election. And they also want that to be true. So that confirmation bias also. Exists. Oh, it's real strong. Like the force, that power is real strong. Yeah, but man. as a result of that, Donald Trump has used his endorsement around the country to um, endorse candidates that Remember, I said that these people run for office. They don't just vote. The the more conservative facets of this country, they run for for elected positions. The, the strangest thing is a lot of these people aren't even campaigning. Mm-hmm. They don't even have a platform no, that they're campaigning on. It just simply says endorsed by endorsed Trump. by Donald yeah. Trump. That's their whole thing. That's it. And sadly, in a lot of places, that's enough. That's enough. Yeah. So the reason why I'm telling you this is because you need to know. I'm not far be it for me to tell you who to vote for, but I will say don't vote for Donald Trump or anybody endorses because I have a radio show and I can do that. Anyway, um, he's installing uh, or rather endorsing people around the country that are election deniers like him. And the result of that is the next time he runs, when he inevitably gets less votes as he's done for the past two elections that he's run um he can then say oh the uh election was stolen and then he will have people all around the country in elected positions because you know folks with more liberal liberal beliefs did not engage in these midterm elections they will be installed and responsible for counting those votes and people like where we live in, in Arizona, Carrie Lake is is uh, a candidate that will have um, a degree of influence over how elections are tallied and what the final reporting will be. Um, and at that point, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, it doesn't matter wh- how many votes we have, how we turn out. You know what I mean? If they just want to say, okay, well, you know, this side won, they already have shown based on their belief of Donald Trump blindly, not the results of 67, 66 court cases. What was it? 63 court cases, not the results of the January 6th hearing uh, committee, not the results of the fact that nobody has produced anything substantial, not even them. They haven't tweeted a thing. They haven't, none of that. Um, they will just be able to, they, again, they've shown that they're not subscribed to the same reality. And to me, that suggests that if they're subscribed to a separate detached reality, that they can invent new facts for the purposes of accomplishing, you know, furthering their agenda. And the actual will of the people will be thwarted. That to me means that this midterm election will set us up for elections for the next 10 years minimum where our votes if you have a more liberal philosophy, if you care about people, if you have love in your heart and empathy and you want to see us all kind of move together as brothers and sisters, um, again, a more liberal philosophy, our votes count for nothing. If this man wins all of these, or if this side rather wins all of these Trump endorsed election uh, candidates in all these um, places around the country. So it's very important um, to get out there and vote. And I want to use an example. You got something to add right here? Well, Carrie Lake is an awesome example of what we've been talking about. Let's go with that. We're talking about the marginalization uh, of women, of black women specifically. And then we have Carrie Lake endorsed by Donald Trump. 
And I'm sure that's something that she wears as a badge of honor, which is sick. Like it's actually sickening. Um, the, the terrifying thing about what's happening with the political landscape in our country is that once upon a time, there were items, if you were trying to play the middle, that you could speak to, to garner support from both sides of the aisle, if you will. Mm -hmm. There are no such things anymore. Right. There is nothing that we as a country stand Agreed unified on, on yeah. at all. That is insane because before we were Democrat or Republican, before we were black or white, even we were just all human beings and the human condition used to exist, right? My mother didn't vote for Ronald Reagan. We knew people that did. They didn't hate us mm -hmm. and we didn't hate them. Even more recently, like George Bush, I was not a Bush supporter. I was actually someone that was very critical of the way he handled a lot of things, but I know people that met him. And even if they couldn't speak to him being some scholar or some great politician, they said he was a nice person. And in instances where things happened, he came out in personal support of people across the aisle when they dealt with hardships because he at least wanted to appear to be. And from the people that I've heard it from, I, I, I'll take their word for it, a genuinely kind person, even if his politics were so much so extremely mm -hmm. different from ours. So this is the first time in my lifetime that we've been so divided on things. Sure. That's, that, that's it's, factual. that it's, that it's, it's like gangs and it, it's kind of even worse than that. Right. Because there is no particular territory that we hold or own that we're fighting to uphold. It is literally just ideals and they are so extreme, the opposite of one another. And in this case, it's not, there's good people on both sides, as you know, the idiot in chief once upon a time said, there's not the things that this group stands on and believes in are horrible bad and things, deplorable yeah. and obviously terrible things. The things that this side should stand on and support are just different. Even the things that are political, that are like flagrantly political, that are in their own best political interest aren't evil in their scope as the other side of the aisle, except for things like, you know, the, the often brought up during the presidential election crime bill that our current president spearheaded and some of the ideals that he's starting to say out loud again, that sound a little scary, scarily familiar. So to the things that he brought to the table back then, but you said Carrie Lake's name and it, it, I, it was an emotional trigger Sure, because every time I see her picture in her face, because We've known Carrie Lake for years, not as a politician. Yeah, she's a TV person out here. Yeah. yeah. She's a TV person and, and out we, here. We, we do TV too, so we, we She's a we TV know her, know person her. out here that if you didn't know any better, you'd group in with us. Y yeah, you'd think she's you were a nice looking person. at her photographs or if you'd watched her on TV before. So the first time I saw a sign that said endorsed by Donald Trump and then some Republicans putting up another sign that says, but she donated money to Barack Obama. Hang on was like, okay, the game that they're playing now is very, very different than anything I'd ever seen So watch before. this. Watch this. This is what I found out. This is the little secret. It's going to blow your mind, Q. Um, so you mentioned um, our current president uh, um, and his crime bill that he's known for spearheading. You know, So Joe Biden gets his crime bill off. It's really harmful for black people uh, and uh, brown people in this country. Um, doesn't necessarily address crime in a meaningful way, just punishes 
poor people for being poor. Um, and, you know, the statistics were used to scare lots of people. Oh, you know, uh, but the statistics are oftentimes a reflection of the people arrested for those crimes, not the people committing those crimes. Which is the most unfair thing ever. Right. But if you just look at the statistics and it's not told to you in that way, you think black people are committing all of these crimes. No, just arrested for it. In other words, um, crime happens across the board. Um, most of the crime that we classify as crime is crimes of people just not having enough and trying to get more however they can get it. So we're talking about ec economic things. And then in terms of like violent crimes, things like that, you know, police are the uh, most violent domestic abuse people, you know, police officers, they beat their wives more frequently than anybody else, right? This is not, Rams is making this up. It's not a stereotype. You can Google that. And Google is super free. So I implore you to do it right now. But um, police don't get arrested for that. And as a result, if you look at domestic abuse cases, it doesn't say police or white men or what, you know, whatever makeup of the police, police uh, forces in this country is. Um, it'll show you who's arrested for those crimes. And again, that's suggested um, in such a way to where people think that black people are committing all the crimes and Hispanic people are committing all the crimes. So, um, you know, you got to take even your statistics with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah, Joe Biden uh, spearheaded this uh, crime bill. Now watch this. What has either allowed or forced the Democrats to move away from the far left and now away from the center left into really what historically would be viewed as Republican territory is the fact that the right is moving so far right, right? And you would think that by holding your ground, a la, hey, Bernie Sanders is running, let's not, you know, kick his legs out from under him twice. Um, let's let the people who are most enthusiastic actually vote for the man and his platform live and die on its merits, you know, based on how the country will receive it. Um, what they've chosen to do, the Democratic establishment has chosen to do, is fund the far-right Republican candidates. So that Carrie Lake uh, signage that you were talking about, um, endorsed by Donald Trump, the, pers the people, rather, who bought the donated, Carrie Lake donated to Obama signs were Democrats. And the reason that this is the Democratic thinking if they help get the Republican kooks past the uh, primaries to the general election, then the public, that means the left and the center, will be polarized by these kooks and they will choose the Democratic nominee by default. They the thought is, that before... With and Donald, Donald Trump. Trump became right. president exactly. of the United States. Exactly. And that's why you need to get out to the polls and let your voice be known as often as you can, as often as they do. So we're talking about midterms, but the truth is you need to be present and you need to show up and you need to take this country back. If you, regardless of what you, even if you're like a big fan of Kerry Lake and a big fan of Donald Trump. If that's really how you feel, we'll let the numbers decide. And if the numbers really speak for where we are, then 
I'll take that. I'll take that on the chin. But I know for a fact that most of the people in this country have a more liberal philosophy. Most of the people in this country care about stories like Brittany Griner. They care about stories like Breonna Taylor. Since we're centering black women, you know, why not keep black women in mind the next time you cast your vote, which again, hopefully will be for this midterm election coming up. So moving on. It's time for the Way Black History Fact. Today's Way Black History Fact is sponsored by Hip Hop Weekly Magazine. This story comes to you via The Guardian. We're going to talk about house music. I know you're probably listening to us on Hip Hop Station, but you know what house music is. And uh, I know you like it, too. Don't act like you don't like it. All right. I'll tell you a little secret. I love house music. I got a chance to DJ some house music in Vegas in 2010. Planet Hollywood had a year long residency out there before I came here and did TV on Channel 3 in, in Arizona. Um, loved every minute of it. Happy music, man. Not mad at it. But you know why I wasn't so polarized by it is because I knew that house music came from Chicago and black people, right? So it didn't feel like, you know, I listen to like rock music sometimes. I know where it comes from. All the Any music with a drum comes from Africa, right? Um, the drum was the first instru instrument and the pattern, the drum pattern that we all feel most familiar with the four over four count is based on the human heartbeat, which is why it sounds um, comforting to us. And it sounds erratic when we hear a different type of swing to the music, you know, so boom, 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 boom. That's the heartbeat, right? So music is kind of based off of that. Humans. First humans were African. All this stuff comes from Africa. Anyway, let's talk about house music for a second. Um, all right. Again, this comes from The Guardian. House music had its black roots ripped up. Now Drake and Beyonce are reclaiming them. The world's biggest black stars have turned to the genre, not to pander to white tastes, but to remind fans where it came from. House music was born out of Chicago's predominantly black nightlife scene with the godfather of house, Frankie Knuckles, pioneering the distinctive sound. The origins of techno too can be traced to black Detroit. And there are still prominent electronic black DJs in the field, such as Honey Dijon, Jada D, and Seth Troxler. Big shout out to King Brit as well. That's my guy. Even if the majority now form part of an underground movement catering to music lovers in the know. So how did house become so white? As electronic music grew in popularity and started being adopted by international audiences in the 1990s, white people slowly started to take ownership of it. But the full picture is much more nuanced than appropriation alone. The quieter erasure of black influence on the genre was, part, was in part facilitated by white communities and their concerted efforts to shut down black nightlife venues. Sound familiar? Cute. <laughs> with uh, law enforcement too often unfairly associating these spaces with unruliness and crime, a trend we continue to see with the over-policing of grime music. As the genre began to establish itself in the mainstream in the early 90s, the popularity of house went from strength to strength, and white folks began to take up space behind the decks. Artists such as Daft Punk, Pete Tong, and Pete Tong garnered incredible success from music that sampled black artists and became palatable, inoffensive uh, faces to real and white audiences, and became, sorry, and became the palatable, inoffensive faces to real and white audiences hooked on traditionally black sounds. I'm going to stop right there for a second. Um, when you listen to even modern house music, you'll hear the roots of house music. I'm going to do a quick breakdown. House music started with um, 
I think it was a it was a Roland drum machine. I kind of know this because I I'm a musician as well. So it was, I think it was a Roland drum machine. I think it was Frankie Knuckles founded in a pawn shop, and it was not a commercial success. So they they ended up in pawn shops. The same type of drum machine. Lots of folks around Chicago and other places got this drum machine. The default setting was 20 beats per minute, which is where you find a lot of house music songs. We're DJs, so we talk like this. So just hear us out. Anyway, 20 beats per minute was the default sound. And what do these black children have in Chicago? Well, they have disco music and they have gospel music. And so what records can they sample into these drum machines? Big diva vocals from gospel and disco sounds. So that's why the remnants of house music today are these big vocals. It's not these like quiet, whispery songs. I mean, you'll find them here and there because obviously the genre has grown, but those big sing-songy vocals, uh, think everybody dance now like try to sing that the way that that lady sings it and you'll realize you cannot do that you need big lungs <laughs> and some soul and some pain in them vocals in order to get that out all right let me get back to the reading all right uh this slow whitewashing happened alongside the profound sorry happened alongside the proudly black fronted explosion of r&b and hip-hop which perhaps seeing what happened to house uh emphatically refuse to center white artists, a trend that largely continues today, though not without exception. Today, the legacy of this separation is seen in white music bands' over-identification with a genre that was not built by them, and young black people under-identifying with it, and the breadth of what black music can look like beyond R&B and hip-hop. This tension is palpable in the electronic nightlife scene. Black promoters have spoken out about reportedly being shut out of London's biggest nightclubs. In 2015, Black House producer Felix the Housecat accused Berlin's electronic epicenter uh, Bergheim of racism after being denied entry, and Solange has shared her experiences of hostility in predominantly white spaces after having a lime thrown at her at a Kraftwerk concert. Thankfully, initiatives have been formed to start championing the Black history of these pillars of music, culture, um, in 2020, Black staff at the electronic mu music website Resident Advisors, Resident Advisor, started to started a project to highlight 120 prominent Black producers of the past 20 years. After feeling the site had historically favored white producers, the Bristol-based producer Ifeloa, I think that's how I say that, created the digital archive for underground music to counter his feeling that the city so rich in black culture had largely whitewashed its influence, both echoed the sentiment too that the fact that the history of black electronic music had not been written by black people meant it too often omitted key moments and details of it. Further afield, house producers, many hailing from South Africa, such as Uncle Waffles and the now veteran Black Coffee, have become aspirational black figureheads of the genre, selling out huge shows on the African continent and beyond. Perhaps piggybacking on this trend, Releases by Drake and Beyonce are important, and not because they they're necess not because they're necessarily groundbreaking or brilliant. Whether you like house music or not doesn't matter. This renewed enthusiasm for house is less a matter of taste and more a way of regaining ownership of a genre that has had its roots ripped from the soil. Seeing the world's biggest black stars start a conversation about the origins of house music will propel black fans to dig deeper into their history and show white people how to appreciate it. Um. At least we hope so. Yeah, yeah, I go with that. Um, again, rock music. You know, if you go back to uh, a lot of people think that rock music started with Elvis Presley, and people don't often credit Chuck Berry properly for creating 
what ultimately is and became a more pronounced version of rock music. You know, obviously genres grow, tastes grow and so forth, but the framework, the foundation was did not start with Elvis Presley. And now when you think of rock musicians, you think of, you don't think of black people very often. Um, so at least there's an effort here to try to make sure that this is chronicled the right way, which mm -hmm. we love. And that that is, of course, your way black history fact. Once again, I hope we're not our biggest opponents in that space because I've seen the way that people react to both albums. Um, Beyonce got better reactions, but Drake yeah, got a lot of pushback. One. And I've listened to the album and I enjoyed it. So yeah. I'm not sure what everyone was so upset about. Yeah, well, listen to it. It's dope. Anyway, that's going to do it for us here on Civic Cypher. Once again, I'm your host, Rams. It's Ja. Once again, I am also Q Ward. Uh, today's show was produced by our producer, Ms. Maggie, a.k.a. Maggie B. Knowing. She do. Yes, indeed. She wanted us to center black women and we want you to do the same. Center black women. Uh, make sure you show love, share your salaries, do all of the good things that you know how to do. Um, and we'll make this world a little bit better place for each other, maybe one step at a time. Um, do us a favor. Hit the website, civiccipher.com. Submit any questions, any topics, make a donation. The show is growing. We need your support to continue that growth. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe, share, like, comment, all that stuff. Yes, indeed. And, of course, follow us on all social media at Civic Cipher. And until next week, y'all, peace. Stepping the borders with press passes, we bring it to you as it happens. The streets love my crew for music and rapping. Street commander slash beat expander, here to fight the slander with the proper propaganda. What's happening? You got a question, then ask it. The news is just a TV show. Get past it. And this from a quiet wartime journalist headlines. Wake up, refuse, and resist.